in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Yo, welcome everybody to another episode of the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. Uh, I am Matt Nost. Um, another week of fun here on the show. I had to come up with a topic out of thin air. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is what we settled on. So <laughs> we hope love, you enjoy it. I love how you're saying it. Like, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, well, screw it. I don't know how to sell I mean, I guess you should, but we're so used to having, well, I'm saying for uh, the release, you can kind of talk about the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it gets us into a conversation. And this, right. this is just, uh, we, we pulled this one out of thin air. Well, you said something was coming out on Netflix. And so, oh, yeah, technically the Jamie Foxx, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, what is that called? Where they take the pill and for a certain amount of time, you have a superpower, but you just don't know what that superpower is. Right, right, and right. The two right. of them play like cops in Miami trying to stop this potential supervillain it looks interesting i will give him that i like the concept cops in miami yeah yeah okay fair so um, it's like at least it was something and, yeah uh, we true. haven't done a superhero thing in a while so yeah so matt, matt suggested some things and uh you know one of my we were looking at one which we might save for later but then this one popped up we're like oh, this could be a lot of fun and then we and then uh, i think matt realized it's like 500 action sequences to choose from and he's like well let's keep it in the mcu and i'm like yeah, yeah sure why not yeah, we, we could have chosen anything. Yeah. DC, EU, or whatever it's called these days. Yeah. And uh didn't really matter, but MCU, just like, uh, there's a lot to choose from that we both, I know we both have seen. Yes. And I, I think this will lead to some interesting discussions between us, but I also think that this will lead to some reactions from the fans who are watching and listening uh, to us talk about this stuff. They'll be like, no, why is that one in? Why didn't you put this one in? And how is that one so high ranked? Why don't you have this one so... Those are usually our best shows. Those are the shows that usually cause the most uh, comments and the most back and forth with our fans. So we thought we'd uh, release another one like that and yeah. uh, dive into the top 10 uh, action sequences in an MCU film. Not a Marvel film, an MCU film. Yes. Uh, so we uh, we uh, kind of narrowed it down to that. And there still were like, I don't know, 25 to 30. And then I tried to, uh, you know, I tried to negotiate like how much fighting versus action. Uh, I tried to make sure I picked stuff that was a mix of both, okay. uh, but I didn't always succeed. So I, I tried. I tried. That's all I can say. See, I went with it as a I had trouble in the scope of action. Like, what, is, what does that mean? Right. Does that mean the big scale? But we've done battle you know, movies mm, before. Right. So I was like, I don't know if I want to do battles. I've got some of those. I've got some smaller fights. I've got yes. some that are just a specific action sequence was cool as shit to watch. Mm -hmm. And that is a great action sequence in and of itself. I like that. There, on my side list, there's a bunch of that, like, oh, there's one small little scene here, but I thought it was inventive, great yeah. use uh, within the genre type of thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it runs a little bit all over the board because I don't think there's a set definition to what action sequence means. Between yes. Us at least agreed. No, I agreed. I agree. It's, it's all just kind of whatever you think it means for yourself. Yeah. Uh, and we, we kind of put it together. And most of the time we kind of make up our, make our definitions for what we think qualifies for these mm -hmm. things anyway. So why not just do it this way already? Um, yeah. 
So uh, how are, how are things overall, man? How, uh, anything else? Uh, anything to report? Anything cool? I saw that you um, are starting dropping down. Is that on your own now? Is that, is that what the situation is? Yeah. Uh, Mark offered to do it back on Collider, but I was like, I- I'm the only sports show. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I feel like the odd duck over there. And he was like, all right, no hard feelings. And, yeah. you know, we may do something together uh, for, for NBA related on the side, just for Collider. I don't know. Cool. Um, yeah. So I just started doing it because I'm watching these games anyway. You know, mm-hmm. I've been watching mm-hmm. at least two a day. As yeah. Best I can fit it wow. into my schedule. Yeah. Um, certain days it's only been one, but there have been days where I've watched every game that was on that day. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, huh. basketball's back, man. I fucking yeah. love basketball. I know you too, man. I'm just catching up on the the roundups to find out who won what, and I, you know, reading about how the Lakers' offense isn't doing so well. But I don't put much stock in that because it's like this is what LeBron does almost every year now that he's gotten older. It's like the, the team kind of struggles to the end, and then he turns it up in the playoffs. So I don't really. Do you see anything well, that's kind of scary here? But the question for him is, can he get his body back up to playoff? shape at the age of 35 because he's not in playoff shape right now and he's, oh. only got, and he's taking off tonight which is yeah. smart but at okay. the same time they're gonna have a tough matchup throughout yeah and he needs to start playing better offensively it's not like he's bad but he's not juggernaut lebron where he should be right right now but that's got to be four months off and he's got more miles on him than any other player that's playing true true uh, so I think it's just going to take him a little bit more time, but it's still the Lakers. You still believe in LeBron. So they'll make it out of the, you know, they'll be fine for a couple rounds at least. I would assume. Yeah. AD's playing, playing lights out again. So yeah. he's, he seems like he hasn't, but he's also younger than LeBron. So he's got that. He can turn that gear on look a little bit easier. The two surprises have been what the Nets doing so well with their backup to backups with that upset of the Bucks. It and means then, uh... nothing. It means nothing. <laughs> okay, yeah, it was fair. the Bucks second unit for almost the majority of that game. All right. Giannis All right. and Chris Middleton played 15 minutes and 47 seconds exactly a piece. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. All okay. their starters played 20 minutes or less. Brooke, Brooke Lopez had the most minutes at 20 minutes and like 32 seconds or something. Everybody else was okay. under 20. So they're just kind of getting them some game time and then resting yeah. them after that. And okay. then they won tonight, so they're that much closer mm. to sealing up. As soon as they sealed the East, I think they're going to you know, just, take their foot off. Wow, interesting. You don't think they'll play him because I mean they've had such a long break. You don't. Just yeah, keep I think playing they'll get the fifteen minutes. Oh, okay. Minutes. All right, all right. Because there's no point because you know a lot of but Budenholzer's criticism from last season was why you know why didn't you play Giannis more? Why didn't you do like all these very specific set things? So maybe right. they're gearing up towards trying to uh, change up their style. That was the yeah. criticism of them. That's, yeah. They just kept doing the same thing, even though it wasn't getting the results it had been getting. Why not do something new? Yeah. Um, what about the Raptors, man? Could be. You believe in this team? Sure. In this yeah. bubble? Yes. Um, if point. it was regular, I still need to see Siakam do it on somebody else as the primary, mm-hmm. potentially two times in a seven-game series where the ball's in your hands late and you need to make some magic. Right. Could he do it? Yes. He has the, the talent for it. Does he have, can he do it? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. now it doesn't, I don't think it, it levels the playing field. Then there's a discussion of Chris Paul has been so loud and verbal that some teams have been taken out of their heads mentally a little bit, just because he's barking out plays, he's yeah. calling defense and there's no crowd noise to drown him out. So does Chris Paul finally have an advantage in the <laughs> West? And I don't know. 
Brad Stevens was, you know, that's attributed yeah. to him with, you know, it irked him and his C's. Um, not in a, it wasn't fair. It was just like that guy was much more vocal and right. setting the tone for the overall room. And you can do that in this environment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's um, a weird year, man. I love it. It's that's why I'm watching all these games. Phoenix cannot lose. They won again today. I know. That's crazy to me. All Dude, of a sudden. They're in 10th place. Technically, they're same number of games back, but they're winning percentage. They played one more game, so they have one more win than the Spurs. Yeah. Um, so they get the the tiebreaker there, but they went from why the fuck are they being invited to they might sneak this in because the Grizzlies, man, Jaron Jackson Jr. is now done, torn meniscus yep. for the season, and right. they've been close, especially in those first three games where they could have taken two of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 weird, man. So the Grizzlies are going to drop off. Somebody is coming in. It looks like it's going to be Portland. They've got the inside track, but Phoenix, if they don't lose, well, shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Portland's been putting it back together. The Nor- and, uh, What, Nurkic is back? Uh, playing well and and yeah. it seems like they're just they're humming along and Mello even showed up uh Mello looking all svelte and shit he looks fantastic he's doing his thing so wouldn't it be funny if the lakers playing the blazers in the first round that is not an easy out man no that could be a hell of a series they were pulling for the pelicans the grizzlies maybe probably the spurs like anybody right. but that because yeah. Dame has no fear. CJ is good. Gary yeah. Trent Jr. is right now the best three-point shooter in the bubble. He's fucking lighting it up from fun. And then you add Carmelo, yeah. and Nurk is exactly what they needed. Now they got Zach Collins back, too. They're, oh, yeah. They're pretty fucking lethal. Like yeah. the other night when they played Houston, Houston now has the smallest starting lineup, and Portland has the largest. And Portland crushed them on the boards. It wasn't even close. Right. It was 64 boards to 39, something along those lines. Yeah. They just owned them. It's um, a hell of a game, man. Yeah, Houston's big – their variance was the same as always was. They, they hit yeah. seven more threes. That's what kept them in it. But they shot a little bit worse overall. They get murdered on the boards. It's those threes that, you know, kept the game legit. Was, was that a new uniform they were wearing in the match? It looked like a, a new – it looked like all Houston? orange or all red or whatever. It was weird. No, it's their throwback to the Elijah one era. Oh, okay. Shit. Yeah. Really? I haven't seen that. Yeah, it was, in a long it was cool. I, okay. I like that better than their nineties jerseys. Dude, those uh, were horrific. The stripes? Oh. Well, and the cartoon rocket. It was so <laughs> I don't you went that, from something really cool and unique, like it looked old school. Yeah. The nineties was nuts. Yeah. I don't mind the new ones. They're they're all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Blazers are what, one out, uh Suns and Spurs two out. The Spurs too. I was reading an article in the ringer about the Spurs, and they're talking about how they completely revamped how they're playing basketball in a way that they never played the entire year, this style that they're playing currently right now. Yeah, but even if they sneak in, they don't have they don't have a chance. Yeah. They just don't um, you know. Yeah. I'd like the Spurs team on some level overall as it's right. constructed compared to the Lakers, but the Lakers top end talent destroys yours. Yeah. Yeah. So Oh, that's a fair well, yeah. So I mean, the best matchup excitement wise for the non partisan fan is uh, Blazers Lakers. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. All if right. the NBA can't get the Pelicans in, they want the Blazers. Yeah. Because you got that. Dame and Dame's great in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and he's made some really iconic moments from the past four years, two yeah. of them in particular, two game winners. Uh yeah, that's so the, the NBA is happy right now. If it was the Kings, I think they'd be okay with Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they don't want the Kings. 
I'm sure they're happy that the Grizzlies are probably going to drop. I'm just saying for ratings. Right, right. No, of course. Of course. Um, although Ja, ja is so much fun to watch. So he much is. fun to watch. He is, but with Joshua out, man, that's that's pretty much it, right? I mean, oh, you mean like, uh, Jaron Jackson? I'm sorry, Jaron Jackson. Yeah, Jaron Jackson. That's pretty much it. Yeah, they're done. Yeah. It sucks, but in two years, three years, they might be the new juggernaut in the West. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, so they should be really playing for that. Yeah. Kind of late. I mean, the, the two shocks for me are the Thunder. Pink. I mean, like everyone thought it was a rebuild. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Dallas, too. I didn't expect much from Dallas with uh, Porzingis oh, like coming I, back. I didn't know yeah, what to expect. I picked know? them to uh, to make the West, to make the, the playoffs, and I was correct on that one. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh, look, yeah. you get some right, you get some wrong. Yeah. Um, I had yeah. the Spurs out, so if the Spurs sneak in. That'll be surprising. I think it'll be the Blazers, man. I think it feel like it feels like energy karma wise. It'll be the Blazers. Uh, my Wizards are on a four game losing streak. I think they can turn it around and sneak up on those Magic, right? I mean, I think that's why they were invited to be down there. Um, why cannon fodder? We're fucking cannon fodder, man. Why are we even down there, risking the health of these players, man? Scary it, to me. Yeah, but for someone like Hachimura, you want him to get game as much game time as you can because it looks like he's going to be part of the crew. Yeah. Um, I understand why you don't have Beal down there and why Berton's opted out, but Berton's yes. down there playing with Hachimura if they intend on re-signing him. Yeah. Uh, but who knows, because they're so cap, you know, hamstrung that he's going to get more money than they can afford. It's crazy to think about, like, looking at the stats for the Wizards, like, uh, Bradley Beal is averaging 30.5 points a game. Yep. The closest next person is Bertans at 15.4. That, that's not going to win us. A damn thing. So he is the first 30-point average player to not make an all-star game and, I believe, not make an all-NBA team, and he did not make either. <laughs> That's insane. That's yep. insane. Dude has been off the charts good, but his team yeah. sucks so hard, and I don't blame him at all. This has got to be so dull for anybody that hates sports because we've been talking basketball now for like nine minutes. <laughs> oh, sorry about it. Yeah, sorry about it. All right. Anyway, I got to get my basketball fixed. I don't have, you know, on game time, uh, the guys don't watch the game. So it's not much fun to talk basketball with Winston and with Jay. So uh, I get it with Matt Nost whenever I can get it. I take it. Um, well, I mean, right. there's five, you know, four to six a day. So I'm sure maybe they've seen one here or there, just like you might catch highlights or, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's so much going on that it's, it's probably, you know, if you can't experience it sometimes that's all you can do and you still enjoy it you know so. i probably should be doing that i probably should just kind of kind of because i was watching some of the scrimmages before the game started mm-hmm. uh so maybe i should put on the the channel uh out in the living room when i'm working on the other shows or building the other shows or doing research for the other shows. i should just have it on and just kind of enjoy watching nba because it's kind of weird to have nba on at like 9 a.m and 12 o'clock and three o'clock and all the rest of the, it's insane. Fantastic. It yeah. is. It's Christmas. Come early. Yeah. It's like Christmas <laughs> every day. It is for someone like me. I yeah. fucking love it. It's driving Catherine crazy because <laughs> I used to be polite and tell her like days in advance. Hey, I'm going to watch this game. It's a cool game. Right. She, she does. She never cares. Right. But lately I just, since it's been back, I just turn it on. Like when we're doing something and like, I'm going to watch basketball. I'm not even ashamed of it. Just like, <laughs> I didn't ask if you wanted to watch something together. I, I want This is a great game. I need to watch this. And she's like, I get it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And then she watches them <laughs> British period piece from fucking 1920 something that I don't want to watch anyway. So it works out. Miss Fisher's mysteries or whatever. <laughs> anyway, Dude, all right. throw a dart. 
road dart <laughs> and any word that was in the common vernacular in yeah. that area and you could t- totally get yeah, a fucking yeah. show yeah. <laughs> constable rogers you know and burt for char all but, right it seems kind of clunky but it gives me the entire breakdown of the show grantchester i'm there i'm there yeah i'm there exactly. <laughs> just throw two words together dover dover heights crime show done. What, what is that i like it it's, it's all the same <laughs> woodcock Ooh, i'm intrigued i'm intrigued exactly uh, anyway all right so today on this show we're counting on the top 10 uh action sequences from an mcu film uh and as we said earlier there were so many to choose from but uh we're gonna do our best uh to count them down and not piss you guys off well, we probably will matt uh you want to tell me how the show works um yes once we set a topic, we go our individual ways and create personal top ten lists. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top ten list, we create the shows between the two of us. Oh, I like that. It's done like a. It's done like one of those commercials, like those cigarette commercials. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you saw a cigarette commercial? I'm sorry, one of those medical commercials. Right? <laughs> yeah, disclaimer at the end. Yeah, it's the real quick one. What do what, what you What do you say? What? Yeah. <laughs> Um, diarrhea out of your mouth oh my god <laughs> oh my gosh what does that help with anxiety that seems counterintuitive if that's the <laughs> side effect or potential side effect um all right anyway all right matt uh what do you got at number 10 my man um it's another one of those where you want to put something else on totally of course of course the, yeah zero problem there's a lot to choose from i yep. chose at 10, I put one of the smaller moments literally for uh, one very specific scene. Okay. I like what happens afterwards, but in Winter Soldier, when Cap jumps out of the plane. Oh, yeah. They're like, they're like, dude, is he wearing a shoot? And Grimes is like, no. <laughs> Which it's it's exactly what you want that character to do, but it's also so cliched when he yeah. turns the other day. It's like, you don't even know Cap. Me and him are buddies. <laughs> Lo and behold, wink, wink, probably not as much as uh, we thought. As you would think. Yeah, Frank but, Grillo. Yeah, he's flying down in the inverts to go feet first, and it reminded me of a specific panel of cartoon or a panel from a comic book of Caps. Yeah, he jumped out of a plane, he landed in the water like that, and then he got onto the boat and started fighting. So they obviously took that as a reference. It's, I didn't yeah. read Cap all that much, so one of the few things that I actually did, they're like, oh. I don't know how often he did that in the comics, but maybe that was the only time, and I happened to read that one or one of two times or something. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that. That's. One of the few things I know about him, it just primed me because I was, I didn't like the first one. It's fine. Yeah. It also got some problems for me. Uh, and I was sold. I, you know, Winter Soldier is my favorite of his mm-hmm. standalones. Um, yeah. It used to be my number one MCU film for a long time uh, until a couple more, until a couple other ones came along. But Winter Soldier is great because it's got that kind of 70s political intrigue to it, which I love. Mm. Uh, and it almost oh, yeah. feels like he's just happens to be a superhero uh, and everything that's going on is a larger conversation, you know, about security and what yes. have you. But, yeah, this is a great sequence because it leads into him having that fight on the boat with uh, the French guy who would probably have become a villain. had they say, never pays off. Yeah, it never pays off. He, he was supposed to because he's a villain. Uh, he is a villain in the comic, uh, Captain America storyline. But they didn't bring him back or anything like that. But it was an awesome sequence that it leads into that fight sequence. So, yeah. Uh, cool. To see, to see Cap kind of have to handle a regular person. The regular person's doing pretty well. Yes, true. Very true. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting. And just the fact that it never paid off. 
he, they didn't bring him back by the third act or something mm-hmm. just to remind us of it. I was like, that's weird. Why even choose to have that? Yeah. But that sequence is great. Um, and I love in hindsight now knowing that uh, there's right before that, when before he jumps out of the plane, he looks down at the the manifesto of who they're trying to save. Yeah. Or to speak or whatever, the dossier. And the one dude who is the politician, works at the State Department, can't tell exactly. And he's like, that's weird. Why is he here? And it's because it's a nice little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. But specifically the action sequence of him going out of the plane and landing in the water because of all the shit that I brought up. <laughs> that's why I chose it for number 10. It's very small. I like it. I like the fighting after that, but it was really just about that very specific action scene. Respect. Okay. What's your number nine? Nine is uh, the first time Ant-Man goes small. Oh, yeah. Down into the... Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. He's in the tub and then the water and he goes yeah. down. He ends up at that party on the record and then he's up in the vac- <laughs> vacuum. It's like all the worst nightmare stuff if yeah. he went small the first time. like uh, they. I mean, they made it look realistic. Oh, yeah. And not cheesy. No. It was funny because it's weird, but mm-hmm. it wasn't cheesy. Yeah. Um, and I can understand why they didn't have another villain in the second one that can miniaturize like him because it kind of mm. takes away from who he is on right. some level to me. Right. It's more fun uh, for him when he's the only one that can do it and they got to deal with an ant. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that whole first, it was just magical to watch right out of the gate. And uh, Ant-Man, I didn't know if it would translate. You know, at yeah. that point, they've done so much. You're like, you assume they're, you know, Paul Rudd is in good hands and this is going to be a successful product. Right. But is it going to be compelling enough for an average audience member? I don't know, because Ant-Man was always kind of like a side-ish within the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least Agreed. the ones that I read. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was my my choice okay. from from the first Ant-Man. I like it. It's a lot of fun. You're right. It's And it's great. And it's a good way for, to get you to uh, uh, go on board with him as a protagonist, right? It's Paul Rudd at his best. Uh, kind of like helping you as the viewer experience what this feeling would actually be like with these yeah, crazy, yeah, the terrifying nature of it all and the weird things that would happen. And then him trying to figure out the suit and what he's supposed to do. Uh, and then, of course, his reaction afterwards when everything is over and he survived it. It's just all really cool, you know? And so, yeah, absolutely great choice, man. Cool. What's your number eight? Uh, my number eight is uh, oh, from mm-hmm. Spider Man Homecoming. Oh, all right. Which one? Uh, when he does that backflip off the top of the Washington Monument. Oh, yeah. That's that was a great sequence. If Into the Spider-Verse didn't exist, that would probably be my most Spider-Man-y, wow, that was like a comic book come to life very believably. But then right. Into the Spider-Verse, which doesn't count because it doesn't cross over into this. Right. right. See, there's just a couple in there that as cool as Homecomings was. Oh, yeah. You're going to lose every time to this yeah. over here. But having they use it as part of the trailer and it Mm -hmm. didn't decrease the effect of it upon seeing it for the first time that's how good the build-up to and the release of him having to do that and then whipping back around it was just pure unadulterated spider-man yeah yeah Uh, something only spidey would do and i love that when a comic that i read all the time they have attributes and distinct characteristics Mm -hmm. and they've gotten more successful that in the tom holland version uh overall for me but uh you know from his attitude, his general attitude with his fellow classmates to on up to the action and whatnot and dealing with the Avengers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that. I, I mean, flat out love. I've gone back to rewatch that very specific scene. I don't know how many times because mm. it really sang to me the first time. It still does. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I, I, I enjoy it as well. Um, 
what is it about? What is your favorite part within the sequence? Just the just the slow motion fly over the helicopter. Yeah, or? it's the it's the leap of faith. Yeah, he's building up to. He has confidence and whatnot, but it's also a spinning, rotating, you know, blade. Yeah, and you need to make sure you have to think of all the geometry and physics. Like he's trying to calculate in his head, and he's a smart kid. Yeah, and just the build up and release of that to me was him kind of becoming even more Spider Man, but a full. I can be a hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, instead of just stealing Cap Shield in Civil War, and it's right. kind of fun. It's a game. This is. I need to save my friends. It has even more uh, meaning to me. Yeah, yeah. And it just all the context of that. That's why I enjoy that action sequence so much because it's it tells a lot about the character without having to say a word. Great choice. Yeah. All right. What's your number eight? Uh, that was it. That was eight. What was your number? That nine? was eight. Nine was Ant Man. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. All right. So then uh, let's see. My number 10 is the Doctor Strange fight. Is that on your thing where there, where everything is moving around? Yes. As a... That's a punt. Okay. That's a punt. All right. Yes. Well, then my number nine is the Avengers uh, versus Ultron. Uh, okay. And uh, when they're uh, discovering the, um, the fact that he's there on the ship with Claw and the Vibranium, mm-hmm. like just, first of all, the banter between them is excellent. Uh, yeah. it is the most perfectly realized version of Ultron in the entire movie with how he responds back to um, Iron Man and everybody. It's fantastic when he's just like saying to him, like, uh, you know, when he says, oh, you're breaking da- you're going to break daddy's heart. And he's like, if I have to. It's just like, oh, shit. And then when Captain America is talking, he's like, I can't actually throw up in my mouth. But if I could, I would like all of those little things that kind of lead up into the battle. And then mm-hmm. as the battle is going through the action sequence of watching all the different heroes do their things. And it's the introduction, essentially, of Quicksilver and of uh, of Wanda. Uh, Wanda, they're doing her thing. And so all, Scarlet Witch, all of that. Uh, combined with everything that's going and then the usage of the levels and then you have claw jumping in there as well kind of giving his background a little bit as you lead into black panther so all of that i thought was uh to me is one of my favorite action sequences yes there's fighting but there's also movement within the ship and all Mm -hmm. these different elements that are involved that are constantly happening on multiple levels and so for me that works as a as instead of just a straight fight scene uh i i think it's a, a an inventive one that uses the idea of a cramped space uh, like a ship yeah. to to their advantage to uh, build tension and build suspense and build like um, I don't know the feeling that they're getting when they hit against walls or get smacked around or, you can sense it you can feel the weight of those uh, blows going against everyone so yeah I, I chose that one as my number nine. Um, I know it. The problem is for me with that movie. Uh, I the whole time I never believed Ultron was going to succeed. Yeah, that's true. My favorite scene of him outside of the initial discovery, you know, yeah. uh, puppet without a strings or whatever it is. Right. Um, that's a good sequence, too. It is a good sequence. But ultimately, the end, you, by the, the, the big full third act reveal of his grand Sarkovian plan, uh, just like, yeah, but you're about to get your ass kicked, so I don't care anymore. Yeah. And they bled him over to like two movies or part of him kind of stays alive and maybe yeah. he's going to be a threat down the line. Then I think it has more impact to me. Um, but that is my favorite scene with him. And if we could have gotten more of that in the movie, I would have loved it. Yeah, me too. I mean, I wish, I wish in my, in my opinion that they hadn't cast James, as good as James Spader is with the voice, we are not intimidated by James Spader. If they had cast someone who was an intimidating presence and a good voice, 
I think that could have gone a long way to kind of solving that issue you have, Matt, where you believe that he could win, right? You kind of, in your own head, if you hear the right voice, you can be like, oh, this is possible, you know? And so, but with Spader, we know who James Spader is, and it's not that intimidating, you know? So it doesn't work. That's kind of the peril of voiceover work. Um, all right. So then my number eight is the uh, Black Panther car chase sequence when they leave, when they get out of the club. Like mm-hmm. that sequence, is that on, not on your list? Uh, no. Okay. That sequence is excellent it is stellar and it's a great way it isn't just fighting right this is an actual car chase sequence was an action sequence but seeing all the different elements involved here with uh with with denai guerrera with lupita nyango you know their comedic elements her denai guerrera is like real like Mm -hmm. uh, not what do you say this her warrior uh uh essence or president then you got black panther doing his thing and then the violent yeah sure sure just because you're on the same size as that 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 (laughs) cause It's still one man's angels, another man's demon. True. Very true. Uh, and all of that is just, and still they throw in the comedy, uh, you know, when they kind of just end up like sitting in the chairs with the steering wheel, all of that use the technology that Shuri, that Shuri has built for them to use. And of course, black Panther doing his thing with Chadwick Boseman and how it ends, right? That moment where he has claw, he can totally kick the crap out of claw or kill claw, but everyone's phones are on. So the whole sequence throughout those tight streets, everything like that. I just Mm -hmm. really, really enjoyed it. It was a great way to showcase the new weapon or new power that the suit has as well. Right. All of that to to retain the hits and then put them out uh, and everything like that. So I I just enjoy that. It was very well directed by Kugler, that whole sequence. So I love it. That whole sequence that led up to it being a casino thing or whatever. It's James Bond. He made him James Bond for that chunk of time. And then Mm -hmm. Bond would have just done that numerous movies with a car chase afterwards. So this is the superhero version of it, but that was in essence a black James Bond. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a great scene. There's a lot of choices to be made. Yeah, yeah so I don't know how we're going to get to the top ten, but I uh, but I like talking about these seating. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of flipping of the coin, I guess. All right, what's your number seven? Uh, my number seven is uh, the opening scene from Thor Ragnarok. Oh, okay, cool. That's a good sequence, man. I had to choose between the two. I, I've in my minds, but that's what? a great one. Oh, would you go in the arena? No, no. I'll tell you about it later. Okay. Um, it's a good choice, though, man. I like it. Well, because it's it's pure him. There's, you know. Mm-hmm. So, is like the final one? Is that what you took? Maybe. Okay, so you took the final one. Uh, I like it because it was small. It's him against this whole kind of series. I, yeah. at first, was like, this is a lot of fucking comedy up top. <laughs> yeah, you're like, is this going to pay off? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then when the, it's, yeah. it's leading up to when... Carl Urban and the two girls get slimed by the dragon's head right. that comes in and hit right. slowly sliding across the, the floor and kind of making a squeak sound and then hits the first step and his eyes roll over and his head and tongue flops out. I was sold. I was like, this movie is amazing. <laughs> in that short amount of time, and it's just pure. Like, Tim taking on that big devil. Yeah, searcher. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Lava creature, whatever. And then yeah. all his minions after that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 great encapsulation of the charm and the smartiness on some level of Thor as he's like, so all I got to do is take that crown off your head, and he's like, he'll never do it. Just the most ridiculously <laughs> stereotypical, and yet Taika Waititi put such a spin on it. And I, I mean, it's a it's unfathomable to me that Immigrant Song was introduced to millions of people 
uh, Zeppelin to me transcends. They're not yep. rock and roll. They're they're music for everybody that can listen to them type yep. of thing. You'll dig it. It's Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a question. Uh maybe it's just not one of their I mean, I'm sure Stairway to Heaven is everybody's number one. They know that song. Probably. And it's not even remotely their best song. Nope. It is not. I would no. take about ten, maybe ten other songs before I'd listen to Stairway oh, to Heaven again. Oh, I take so many. Mm. It's more than ten. So many. I stairway's good, but it's yeah. played out and it's stairway and it's not as of course. I don't know. Uh like but anyway. Freebird. It's like Freebird. Leonard Skinner's Freebird. It's a good song, but there's better better Leonard Skinner songs. Um Are there? Yeah, I think so. Are there? All right. Skin, trust me, I've seen them live in concert. I don't know that they have a whole they have like three songs. I have not dared to do that. So. <laughs> oh, dude, I saw a triple bill with them driving and crying in bad company. It was one of the worst concerts I've ever been to in my entire life. It was awful. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was one of those of I went to tons of concerts and they were coming in. It was a, yeah. a cheap ticket. And I was like, I'll go with something to do on a Friday or Saturday whenever it was. Sure. Why not? Yeah. There's like two left of them, though, isn't there? Like two of the Skinner guys. Um, well, you could say that about Bad Company, I would imagine as well. But I don't, I don't know who the current fucking lineup in either band is, nor do I care. You know, you know what I watched the other day. Just speaking of bands, I don't know, I don't know how well you know this. Is, is the the issues with Sticks, you know, and um, what do you mean, Dennis DeYoung and all the like when oh, they yeah. broke up and all sure. that kind of shit. You know, you watch the behind the music and talk about Mr. Roboto and how that really kind of broke up the band because. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, De Young had these ideas to go and do these this kind of rock opera, and it kind of really pissed off the rest yeah. of the band. And it, I, it led to a pretty acrimonious split. Uh, then I think they tried to get back together, and it didn't really work. And then so Sticks kind of went off. The two blonde dudes kind of went off on their own and hired a lead singer. Well, recently, over the last year, uh, they've brought back Mr. Roboto. This is before, obviously, before COVID and shit. But they brought back performing Mr. Roboto. And Dan Rather interviewed them for his show that he has on Access TV. Mm-hmm. It is one of the most hilariously uncomfortable interviews you're ever going to watch. Dennis Young is not part of the interview. It is the two blonde dudes because he doesn't tour with them anymore. But it's two, the two blonde guys uh, and the replacement for Dennis Young, uh-huh. And he's asking them about them playing that song again after they had just you know ripped that song apart for decades and gleefully, smirkingly shit on Dennis DeYoung about it. And they are just like so eating, like just swallowing dirty fucking crow the whole time talking about how they had to put the show back, the song back in because the clamoring from the fans was so astronomical that if they yeah. wanted to keep touring as sticks, it was important for them to kind of like bring that all uh, full circle because uh, they were noticing a lag in their ticket sales and it kind of jumped everything back up again that they had put that song back in and what have you. So I think it's fucking genius. And they asked Dennis DeYoung and he just kind of goes, oh, what's old is new again, I guess. I guess sometimes you just have to wait things out. I want <laughs> to say brilliant. I believe it was sticks where DeYoung came down with some some light thing where or couldn't be around yes. bright lights. And yes. they went to kick him out and went that top shift. You know, top shift. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're going on tour. That's right. Because they were looking for any excuse in the world to get rid of Dennis DeYoung. Yep, yep. that's yeah. what it was. And and he, and and they claimed that he made up this thing so he could because he was yeah. having stage fright issues or he was issues well, about going on tour with them. It stems so, from yeah. him going hiking or something, and then yeah. suddenly he can't be he has a light sensitivity, and they're like, "All right, <laughs> fuck off." But yeah, I mean. Uh. Brilliant. They're man. not putting out new music, so they got to do no. greatest hits if they <laughs> exactly. want to exactly. do these county fairs and whatever else is a good payday for them now. Oh, God, watching them perform it. Because I watched like two or three videos of them performing it live in different cities. Oh, man, you can tell how much those two fucking ain't doing it. It's brilliant, dude. It's brilliant. Oh, yeah. I don't give a shit about sticks, so. Yeah, I just think it's funny to watch, man. Uh, all right, we're, we're, sorry for that uh, tangent. Where, where are we at? Are you six? My six. Okay. Which is the final battle... So this is one of the battles. Yeah. But in Avengers, the first Avengers. First Avengers. Oh, that's New my York. number six. Yes, the New York scene. Yes, that is awesome. Because that's a, that's how you do Thanos. Like, maybe they could have done that with Ultron. Ultron was doing it from afar. Yeah. And it gets cut off, but the looming threat is still there. Mm-hmm. You defeated Ultron this time, so to speak, but they, right. Thanos. But the the anxiety that uh, uh, Tony Stark lives with for two and three of the Iron Man is basically that, the realization of if they can do this, what else can they do? Right, 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 right. Uh, right. Which I understand why they had to do it. It just makes those movies not really... I don't go back to watch two and three ever. Yeah, Iron Man two and three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it's just amazing to open up a wormhole and then suddenly there's an army flowing yeah. through from the sky and then right. combating and having to deal with it's an incredible action sequence throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What's your six? What do you got? Yeah. Same thing. It's Avengers, New York scene. I, I liked it as well. I thought it was badass. And uh, uh, the, I think the, the way you get to enjoy all the Avengers kind of understanding how to work together as well throughout that whole sequence is pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Hawkeye is not useless in that sequence. Uh, we get the f- appearance of Hulk in that classic line that he says, that's the, that's the, that's my secret weapon cap. I'm always angry. And he just kind of becomes the Hulk just running into it, which of course kind of gets undercut when he tries to throw himself off the ship. We'll talk about that later, but like in that moment, he's saying he can always be the Hulk whenever he wants to be the Hulk. Um, and everything that they do throughout, and it's such a well shot scene. And it could have, and it was right around the time of um, of uh, Man of Steel. So there was both of those films were somehow able to have massive uh, uh, sequences shot in huge cities where human beings are clearly in buildings, but only uh, 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 Man of Steel got shit for it. Whereas with Avengers. Uh, they everyone claims well, oh they were trying to save people that's why blah 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 but it's like nope there was a lot of debris on the ground all these all these people could have died yeah. in these buildings but superman and zod could have taken it outside yeah sure sure superman could have directed whereas the avengers had no choice the portal opened here you're right well i don't know if i agree with you i don't know if zod would have been like i'm just going to follow superman no i think superman i think zod would have been like you come here i'm going to eviscerate Buildings upon buildings. I'm just going to destroy. I'm terraforming the has, earth right now. He already has those big machines to do it for him. So yeah, why terraform. not get away from those? Yeah. Yes, but if if get Superman away from those so they can do their job no matter what. So even if I lose my fight, mm. my overall, I may lose you know the battle, but I'll win the war. Mm. So I can understand the it, there is a difference to me. One, okay. yes, you had the big machines, 
But Superman could have like flown through one and then they takes the fight elsewhere. Whereas- Which I think he eventually does try to dismantle yes. one of them. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, this is such a great sequence. And even Scarlet Widow gets to do what she does. Um, yeah. By I the mean, way, Hawkeye my- effective. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. By the way, my girlfriend walked by while I was watching because I was watching it the other day on whatever one of those pay channels. And she's like, what? she just has two, two, she has two pistols. She has two. That's it. And I was like, just, you know, this is the suspension of disbelief yeah. situation. You have to go well, with her and Hawkeye. Yeah. Right. You got to have some normal people on there. Yeah. Kind of balance it out a little bit. Yeah. yeah a little yeah. bit. So it's not so <laughs> fantastical that the justice league suffers from that. Yeah. True. Sometimes um, a little bit, just an introduction of this big team up. It's kind of nice when just a couple of people are really skilled at whatever the hell they do. Yeah. Although yeah. with Batman, that helps even it out. But true. Um, yeah. All right. So that was my six, two. So then my number seven uh, is the uh, right. Because we're we're back uh-huh. to yeah, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Two, the opening of that movie. Dude, I there's like three very small scenes, but technically I have another Guardians thing. So okay. Just, oh, so you chose trying, one of those. Yeah, I was Fair trying enough. to spread the love around because there's so many movies. Great no choice. Awesome opening sequence. I love this opening. Yeah. Just go. Sometimes I'll just go back and put it on and just watch this. I like the film, but it's not one I run back to to turn on all the time. Although I do like the film. I'm not one of those people who doesn't like that film. I do like that film. But this opening sequence is just stellar. I mean, if you're coming back after the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie and people are like worried, how are you going to capture the magic? Are you going to mess it up? The sophomore slump, whatever. And you start with that sequence. As a fan, immediately you're just like, oh, we're in good hands. We're good here. Yeah. It is so fantastic, so funny. Yeah. All the characters seem a little more fleshed out. And you can tell they're more of a team, uh, but the humor is all there and the ridiculousness of group dancing around to that song, Frozen, and all the weird things that are happening behind it. Just brilliant. I, that to me is why it was in the discussion from that movie as potentially making it. Uh, uh, yeah. Was because. Um, everybody's question was, what are you going to do with Groot? And to open right. by focusing on this little, basically, child yeah. running around in the midst of all this and focus on him as opposed to this incredible battle that's going on between everybody else and this giant monster. Yeah, We see it through the eyes of Groot and th- because we know they're going to win that. Yeah. yeah so yeah, let's yeah. ourselves to the new character, technically. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just thought that was brilliant. People were beating it up when it came out. I was like... That sold me on the movie. I think it's great. I, yeah, Plus I it enjoy it. Open up the possibility of, I believe you can spin this off and make three, four, five, six of these. Oh, yeah. There's a team cohesion there that exists. Uh, yeah. I mean, you could spin off and do different teams. You know, yeah. That's possible, too, with that, with that, with with what they introduced in, in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. The whole Stallone team is possible as well, you know, or the originals. A, a Disney Plus where it's just Rocket and Groot go off, but it's yeah. all animated, and they just hey, we got to bring in Bradley Cooper and Vin Diesel, I guess, yeah, for some VO work, and that's that's the entire actor budget on this. We can just cast other people, just a little side ten yeah. episode art, sure. Uh, it's perfect. Yeah, no, it's a great call. I, yeah, I liked it a lot, and the song they chose is fantastic too. So, which is which, once again, just like they did in the first movie, they pick a good classic song. I think it's yeah. a 70s song to use throughout, so that sequence. Um, all right, well, we're at that uh, midway point, Matt. Yeah, we'll take a quick break and hear this uh, word from our advertisers. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> so we're jumping into my number five. <laughs> Go ahead. And thanks to our advertisers for supporting the show. Absolutely. Uh, number five for me is uh, the airport fight in Civil War. Ooh, where's that? Where's that? Is that my number five, too? 
cardboard fight. No, it's my number four, but yes, good one. Okay. Nice choice, man. Yeah. Whew, has to be in the top five, right? Dude, A-Man going big. <laughs> it was one of my favorite things in the comics whenever he would do, yeah. you know, going against uh, type kind of thing. And never in a million years when they started making these, did I think I would see that never mm-hmm. in a million years. And that in and of itself makes me love that movie. Yeah. It's already a damn good movie. I, I mm-hmm. still like Winter Soldiers a little bit more, but Civil yeah. War is pretty excellent, and it has one of the best villains the MCU put out. Um, oh yeah. So, but but that whole introduction to Spider Man at walking out of that, mm-hmm. I said that was the best Spider Man movie I've ever seen. Wow. Okay. It was just I already liked him that tiny little sliver. Right. But it's also the failure of Spider Man three. And then the failure of Amazing Spider-Man 2 or whatever it was. I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, colors my perception of the previous work. So that gave me boundless kind of hope of maybe. I believe they're going to kind of try to get this right. And Homecoming yeah. proved it out. Far From Home wasn't my favorite. but Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, they could still do it again. Right. But they introduced, you know, Spider-Man. You bring, you know, you got Black Panther fighting. Yeah. And the division of the two sides, like what could cut down the middle of why one person would go to this and one person would go to another. It was mm-hmm. super interesting and gave more complexity to the characters, too. Yeah. I mean, the Underoos moment is genius. The Empire Strikes Back moment is genius. And you're absolutely right. Matt, I had the same reaction. As soon as he became giant, I remember sitting in the theater. I was like, oh, we're doing this. And yeah. you're just like, oh, shit. Because if you were a kid that grew up reading these comics and remembers Giant, you're just like, oh, shit, he's doing or him going big. Rather, you're like, oh, this is awesome. And so like all of that. And then, of course, Scarlet Witch and what she's doing as well. We're seeing the full extent of her powers and what that could lead to. And you're right, Matt. And also seeing like the division within the group of are you Team Cap or Team Iron Man? It's really laid out in this battle uh, and it's really well constructed, very well paced. The Russo brothers do a fantastic job building the drama and the tension throughout so that when the end of the battle happens, it's believable. And what happens in that end moment is believable. But the action sequences and the comments between each other, like you, you you could want that when it's over, you wanted that battle to go another 20 minutes because you're just you're savoring the fact that what you used to read in the comics were 20 heroes are fighting amongst yeah. each other and getting their little quips in is come to life in yeah. live action. It's fantastic. Um, to see that in a movie, something that happens quite regularly yeah. in comic books, <laughs> just bickering and quarreling and sides, you know, they're going to be friends again. It's yeah. just a matter of time, but there's a division right now. Hey, where did you fall? Team cap or team uh, Iron Man for me? I was uh, I was definitely Team Iron Man. Your best friend does not weigh oh, outweigh twenty people. Sorry, no. I'm glad you have a personal connection to this person. The greater good is more important than your personal connection to this person. That's how I've always felt. But you know, Cap is the only one in there that moralistically doesn't have flaws. True. And I, True. he's the only one that could get away with it in my eyes. I was kind of siding with him because he was questioning, well, what am I, just a weapon for the government to send out, even if I don't believe in the cause type True. of thing? And Iron Man was, if you're going to go with that side, you have to then believe in that ethos type of That's thing. That's a fair point. Absolutely fair point. Yeah. yeah. I was kind of cap of like, I am not just your hammer and the world isn't full of nails type of thing. <laughs> like I'm a human being. So 
right. he never once had a violation of his morals in any regard and even hinted at before he became a superhero I, but i would disagree with you because in this film he does by hiding the truth from tony to defend his friend is a questionably moral decision because that's a personal decision to protect your friend at the sacrifice yes. of someone else's feelings and if the reverse had happened and we found out that cap i mean that iron man had been hiding bucky who had killed peggy i bet you cap would have lost his fucking mind when he found out about it so this is the thing all right someone who's like that's his parents for god's sake but but what if cap assumed that you know iron man tony stark is the only one that's close to kind of snapping yes he's the only one that skitters about the edge and you're like look he is a genius but he is a rogue Right. Uh, type of thing. Hence, Ultron, his right. own hubris, basically. You know, his his reach was well, fear. Yeah. Yes, but his reach exceeded his grasp. Yeah, yeah. And created a huge problem. And sure. so Cap could sense, and maybe he felt like if this 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 could send him over the edge, and he becomes rage fueled, and he has this nanotechnology, and what it would like. Maybe yeah. he's Batmaning this shit. And saying, I'm assessing the other people within this group and trying to figure out the best, <laughs> most positive, impactful way I can lead them. I am Captain America. That's a lot of assumption, but okay. I just, it is a lot of assumption. You're right. I, I'm, I'm giving out. it to I'm giving it to you, though. I get I'm it. not on a limb, but given everything else they've shown about, I could buy that as a reality. But you're right. He did keep it away from, you know, and you could view that as for selfish reasons. I, I feel like that's what it was. and and But Probably. I get it because it was his best friend for, what, decades who we just found out was still alive and he was trying to redeem him and yeah. felt he could bring him back. You know, I mean, Luke brought and back he was, Vader. So right, you know, he was a, a weapon at that point and he yes. been brainwashed and it wasn't like it was him doing it. He was, right. you know, operating under the what you're now siding with the people that want to turn us into weapons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And God knows how many other people he's killed for numerous oh, decades. Yeah. They oh, conveniently yeah. leave that out, so you don't hate oh, no, Bucky that, too much. Well, you just assume he's probably killed a handful of people minimum every year. Yeah, at least. At yeah, least. And probably. the high water years, who knows, 20, 30, 50? <laughs> yeah, they're the and the low water years, we yeah. only need one or two dudes dead. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, good point. All right, uh, so that's your number five, my number four. Uh, my number five, and this is really shocking because I went back and rewatched a lot of these se- sequences. They're all on YouTube. Um, I got to put the uh, end of Iron Man 3 on here. I love okay. this action sequence because of all the different Iron Man suits. That's what I like about it. I thought it was inventive. I thought it was interesting. The choreography of how to make it work amongst all that shit that's happening in the port. You have uh, Killian doing the extremist stuff that he's doing. You have Gwyneth Paltrow, Pepper Potts possibly dying and then realizing that she has the extremist. The president's involved, for God's sakes. War Machine is in there. So all I, I just love the inventiveness of the sequence and the fast-paced nature of it. And the, this is the closest that I'd seen in any sequence or any film with Tony that he came this close to dying. He was literally this close to being killed uh, by the person. Even Obadiah Stane didn't a hundred percent make me feel like he was going to get the best of Tony, but in this sequence with uh, with Killian, he's so good at what he's doing. And Guy Pierce is a great villain and a great actor, and he did a fantastic job with it. So 
the way that they choreograph everything and the different uh, things that he's got and the different suits he goes through, the different versions of it, it's a great payoff when you saw all the multiple suits earlier on in the movie. So mm-hmm. for me, that's why I enjoy it because I admire uh, the staging of it and the pacing of it and the chronological aspect of how they make all these sequences escalate in tension and suspense um, in such a great uh, battle uh, overall. That's why I like, that's what's high on my list. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I walked out of that movie disappointed and I've always felt like it's never changed. Totally understand. The fact that the pepper Potts becomes the one like, I love that she becomes a mutant in essence, and it's right. never addressed ever again. No, it isn't, right? It isn't in the rest of the sequel, right? Uh, he, cures, so what, he cures her or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Do they even say that? I think they do in one of the ex- exchanges. And so yeah. an offhanded line so they don't have to deal with Gwyneth yes. Paltrow, who doesn't know what movie she's in, apparently, if you listen to. <laughs> didn't know Sam Jackson was in The Avengers because she doesn't watch it because... I mean, to be fair, she's running a fucking whole empire, man. You know, maybe in her mind, she doesn't need to care about that kind of shit. Yeah. Well, you got to get that billion somehow. Yeah, it's true. Look, I'm not saying what she's selling is correct or right or good or even real. Here's the odor that smells like my butthole. Why? (laughs) What is that supposed to do? Oh, it reduces the toxins in your lymph nodes. Get the fuck out of here. Use this rock for your uh, Kegel exercises. What? I'm sorry. What? This egg. That at least makes some sense. <laughs> some of the other shit is just like, what yeah. are you selling? Yeah. This, her, this... her Jessica Alba with that honest company bullshit. And I don't know. What does she sell? I don't even know. Oh, she has, the honest company, those honest company tea, iced teas and all that kind of, she is. That's fine. Based, she saved her entire company or her entire, like, you know, she built a whole new career rather. Cause she's not that good of an actress. She, she built an entire career uh, um, but, you know, constructing this company, essentially a lifestyle company. And then it was exposed that like a lot of their products do not have these organic uh, things that they claim to have as the honest company, uh, a brand name would, uh, oh. would lead you to believe. A yeah, giant exactly. corporation is full of shit. You're kidding exactly. me. Exactly. <gasps> well, well, pitch yourself as organic and real and truthful and what have you. You're going to get smoked when you're not telling the yeah. right tr- or truth. So, yeah, but that's to me, the difference there is, OK, it's inorganic versus organic, but they're still trying to put out a product that actually does what it says on some level. Where Yeah, but you can't call yourself honest and lie behind the scenes. Yeah, but makes sense. Paltrow is a modern day huckster. It's uh, <laughs> with Paltrow's magic cream here. You can only get it in uh, on my cot. See? Yeah, uh, I got to move along she, to the next town. The sheriff is trying to get me. <laughs> but she's just she's just running a website. You can choose to go to it or not. She's just putting it out there, and you can choose to pay for the three hundred and sixty five dollar pussy rock or not. Like it's your choice. You don't have to. She, I don't think she's doing like. But, okay. but with Alba, she's promote saying it's honest, saying it's like organic, saying it's all these things. I just feel like Paltrow's promoting these things as being a cure all. What is <laughs> yeah, worse, a natural or? Saying that I can take away your asthma with this fucking <laughs> eucalyptus breathalyzer thing. And you're like, you're so full of shit. You're so full of shit. You're doing so much, you know, yeah. selling an inorganic product. Yes, it is is misleading to say the very least. Multiple but, inorganic products. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still the product. It does what it did. It does. You know what I mean? Yes. It's tea. You can still get hydrated from it and enjoy the flavor of the tea. It's not giving it. Like they sold magic fucking stickers. Are you kidding me with this? Magic <laughs> fucking true. stickers. True. I'm sorry, but you are utterly and entirely full of shit if this is part of your product line. 
Um, oh, fair enough, fair enough. Man. So anyway, right. she becomes the hero <laughs> of Iron Man 3 and is like, I don't understand what we're doing with all of this. And then finally that got Tony out of his funk and he was basically Iron Man again after that movie. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, he came close to losing her and you have to actually confront that. Uh, and so I, I enjoyed that. I like that aspect of it all. So, but I, it's more about, it's more about the suits as a nerdy a kid cool who loves suits. Like yeah. I just love that all the different suits and what they can do and the different versions, yeah. all of that. So th- that's what got me on board. So well, I loved that. Well, yeah. What that is, is he's an only child and he made friends for himself. Yeah. Yeah. Type of thing. That's the grown up version of that. And he's got 40 of these. Why he keeps tinkering. It's, you know. It's a, f- a reflection of him and the ideals that we, which is, you know, he exuded. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, all right. So okay. we've done your five and four. Yep. We're up to my, we my four. Okay. Which is from infinity war. It's the fight with Thanos with um, your, most of your guardians crew and Iron Man where they lose. And he gets the crystal from Dr. Strange. Oh, okay. Like, Thanos with the glove and he pulls down the moon okay. and you know I love that Tony goes through all that and he's got the big hammer and he takes the huge swing on him and Thanos yeah. one little drop of blood he's like all that for a drop <laughs> right oh dude such such a good introduction to you know an origin story to, on the second to last movie yeah uh, but to, to prove how genuinely powerful he is because the early one scene with Hulk was so quick mm-hmm. you don't you understand he's big, but in this, he's quick. He's agile. He's smart by, you know, grabbing that moon and bringing it down because this planet, his former planet is destroyed anyway. So who yeah. cares? Yeah. Uh, the whole thing with Spider-Man and Strange sending people in and out of portals. And you had uh, a Star-Lord and Drax, Mantis jumping on the head. Yeah. And slowly slowing him down. And they could have won right there. They could have yeah. stinking won. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But Quill... The hothead that he is. The human that he is. Yeah. Yeah. But hothead. No, I agree. I'm saying human hothead because the others who have a larger view of the world would have would not have fallen prey to that kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. But he's lived in space. He's kind of gotten. <laughs> do you know what I mean? He's got one of the bigger perspectives of, say, Peter Parker right next to him. And Parker was doing what he needed to. So was Strange right. and Iron Man. Right. So fucking you're an <laughs> asshole. You know what you are? You're an asshole. We didn't have to do this time travel quantum <laughs> shit. We could have taken care of this right here and you know now and right. gotten Gamora back. Uh. Uh. But yeah, I, I just love, love that. You know, um, it was tough because I also like the big fight on Wakanda mm-hmm. with the force field, and then once that force field opens up, well, those, those maybe, big oh really? Don't, okay. don't don't spoil it, Matt. It might be coming up. This was the up. one movie I was thinking about violating and having to. Yeah, that's for that scene. That's fair. Uh, but I just like the Thanos one because that's who we're all here to see anyway. I do. I do. It's a fantastic. And I remember when I I remember when I went to Comic-Con that year and they had shown that sequence. I couldn't get into the Marvel panel. Uh, and I remember scouring the Internet because I had heard that it was someone had videotaped it and put it up. And I know you're not supposed to watch that leak stuff. That's what helps people do it. It encourages people to do it. But I just had to watch those minutes, man. And so I finally found it. It was someone who had their phone literally like right 
Right. Like they were, le- they were, they were pretending like they were leaning on their hand, but they were holding their phone like this. So you're seeing a little bit of skew, but you got to see that moment where he drags the planet into the punch and I lost my fucking shit. Yes. So I was like, oh, this is, so it's a great choice you got, man. It's a fantastic choice you made on that. Uh, I love that sequence as well as part of the overall battle. Absolutely, man. So good choice, dude. What do you got next? Or is it my, uh, with- uh, we're at, four. Okay, yeah, three. we're at your number three. Yeah, uh, my number three is uh, the prison break from Guardians. Oh yeah, it's a great sequence. Yeah, dude, good choice. Okay. Oh, it's the the build up. You already have kind of somewhat an idea who these uh, characters were. Yes, but it's what's cemented now. You know, a separate property within Marvel that, yeah. like we mentioned earlier, I'm happy to see five, six, seven of these because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, they managed to interject like great jokes. In there with Rocket demanding very specific, what the prosthetic, what, yeah. what was it, the leg of the one leg, dude? the leg, it was for the no leg. other reason <laughs> that he wanted to do it. And then their realization that he does it later on as well. But yeah. it's a great moment of character development. You, you finally get to see Groot really go full Groot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how badass Zoe Saldana is. Like, yeah. dude, she is so good at the action. And in that scene, um, she, she very well could be the best. Even, even better than the CGI because Groot's just big arms around type of thing. And yeah. they, you know, it's not like it's Chris Pratt. It's just she was fucking excellent at it. Although she's was, excellent, dude. Was yeah. Columbiana before this? Like she might have had a little bit more training. Oh, I don't know. Let's see. Columbiana, maybe. But I think it's always natural, dude. I don't think you like I, I think was, on some level, yeah, you're right. But it also uh, I mentioned it on another show, I don't remember which, but yeah. like in the Star Trek movies, it is glaringly obviously that she is awesome at the fight choreography. And then you yeah. cut the camera over to Zachary Quinto. Yeah. And it's, it's all these quick cuts oh, of close Quinto ups. sucks at it. Yeah. So I don't you disagree just, with you, dude. And then boom, they cut back to Zoe and it's yeah. long shots of her doing these spinning flip kick things that look so badass. <laughs> cut back to Quinto and it's a tight of him and he gets punched. Yeah. And it's another tight shot and be like, well, one of these two, you know, is not like the other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. She'd done Star Trek 2009, Avatar 2009, then Columbiana in 2011, yeah. then into darkness in 2013 before she got guardians in 2014. So a lot of practice. Yeah. yeah a lot of practice for sure. dude. So but if you hadn't uh, seen it, she looks so good. She does. She does. And it's natural, which I think yeah. is important. It has to it's, look natural. It's a black widow that I'm afraid of. Not, right. Not oh, yeah. away from yeah. Black Widow, but uh, she yeah. is just an uber alien assassin, and somehow that is scarier to me. Look, Scarlet is. Ne- I, I look. We're not gonna look. If you're a Scarlet fan, totally respect that. But like, you're never gonna sell me Scarlet Johansson as an action sequence fighter that feels no. natural. They they do a lot of cuts. They slow down her movements, and no and no disrespect. She's obviously a good actress and very in demand. But her fight sequences are not that believable. Zoe's mm-hmm. are. Um, who else? Oh, yeah, I was just, like I said, I was just finishing watching The Dark Knight Rises as I was kind of revisiting over the last few days. Uh, Anne Hathaway is terrible at it. And she's a good, she's a good Catwoman. But when you watch those sequences now, you can tell how slow she's moving on Mm. the turns and the kicks. Look, and again, not a criticism. Some people are natural. There are plenty of male, male uh, action guys in these superhero movies that are pretty terrible at it. So you can, you know, it's not just, uh, the the women, but I'm just saying since we're talking about Zoe Saldana, there there's a there's some that can do it and it's natural, and yeah. some that can't and it's not. You know, yeah, I just think it's you get the practice in. It's you know it works for you. Yeah, 
Um, maybe you thought you only needed X and it ended up being Y. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It varies from yeah, movie yeah. to movie, movie to actor to actor to actor. Because another one is like, look at Matrix, Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah. I believe the super slow-mo, et cetera. I just don't think Scarlett's totally. been put in situations where she gets the sh- I mean, I don't know. It's weird. I, they've never really fully utilized her, even though she's in prominently a lot of it. Right. I don't think she's always like the secondary action. Well, it looks like it from the Black Widow trailer, it looks like there might be way more of that. So maybe just kind of like you said, finally seeing it. Yeah, finally seeing like fully her own movie, her own yeah. battle sequences. That could be fun. It doesn't mean that there weren't some cool sequences with her before. Certainly the sequences with her when they're fighting uh, Bucky in the Avengers compound with uh, a call, uh, camp. I forget her name. Anna Camp yeah. or whatever her name is. Uh, and uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman is pretty cool, but overall they always seem to cut or they make the sequences shorter. So it'll be interesting to see how Black Widow does. Uh, see when we ever we get the chance to see that thing. Um, all right, where are we at? Uh, that was your number three. Uh, yeah, it was my Guardians uh, Prison Break. Okay, uh, so the my number three is Thor Ragnarok. The ending of Thor Ragnarok. It is okay. Bar none, bar none. My just from the beginning when she says, "What were you the god of again?" Just him going into that sequence of seeing his dad and having that conversation with his father and that exchange where he says, I'm not as strong as you. And he goes, no, you're stronger. Cry every time. And then when he pops out of that thing and Hella gets pushed and then he and then him jumping into those fuck you with that immigrants. Woo, dude, it is the greatest sequence in my and not I say because there's two more, but it is the greatest visual of any MCU ever. Him going down with the lightning behind him into these dudes as Led Zeppelin is kicking in. God damn, that's an awesome moment. And then him doing all the things he's doing. And then, of course, the action sequence with um, uh, Tessa Thompson and Valkyrie in the ship. And then, you know, like Mark Ruffalo throwing himself out of the ship to hit the bridge, which is so funny. Uh, And, uh, you know, and then Loki doing what he's doing. And then he becomes the Hulk, fights the wolf. The whole entire action sequence. And And having Valkyrie strut with the fireworks all behind her in slow motion mm-hmm. and then kick the shit out of all the guys she can fight. She looks very natural in her fight yeah. sequences. So all of that just kind of is great to where it ends up where they're on the bridge uh, saying you should disband the Revengers. So that whole sequence, uh, I have it saved three different versions of it saved on my, uh, on my uh, iTunes as movies I've downloaded to watch yeah. just that sequence. Cause it's so fucking good. Man. That's so funny to me. That's honestly like, I love that movie. Could be mm. my favorite superhero, or like it's in the it's in the discussion for number two one, right? Eventually, I think Dark Knight has to slip. I agree. I'm, you know, I'm gonna get bored of my own opinion on that. I hate anytime <laughs> anything's just like that's it. There it is. Number it's the yeah. best. Like now, there's been so many that it's it's harder to say what the best is. But yeah. I go back for that opening sequence. Mm-hmm. I go back for the play right after that. I oh, go the back play is for, so funny. Yeah, so good. The introduction of him all into the Grandmaster's world, that, yeah. that slow, they play the Willy Wonka song, Imagination, and yeah, he's imagine. going through, meet the Grandmaster, 5-4, he's kind of <laughs> held his shit together until that 2-1, he starts screaming, and then just cuts to, uh, yeah. Whole, yeah. then Loki, like, sitting in the, the fucking, um, the sky box, the yeah. luxury box next to Grandmaster, like, <laughs> all of, oh man, there's so many different. It's a great film. Yeah, but I watch all those before I get to the end, and I love the end too. Yeah, just, the uh, end is great, man. Yeah, 
Uh, all right. So then what's your two? My two is a punt from you earlier. The, oh. Arguably the coolest action scene. Wow. Which the is Dr. Dr. Strange. Strange. Wow. Mirror dimension. Inception fighting. Yeah. Inception running up fighting. the side of Bill. It looked legit. Yeah. And that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> it's only lower on my list because like, there's not those, there's not that extra level of shit of yeah. meaning to it, but it is visually incredible. Yeah. Just that. That's why I'm seeing that. Yeah. That one being so, you know, exceptional to me. Yeah. I was burnt, completely burnt on doing origin stories, but in my head, I was like, Dr. Strange is one you need to do because the average person has no clue. And if you just introduce a dude that does magic, it's not going to make sense. Right. Right. Uh, because that's how I was kind of introduced to Dr. Strange. I didn't know his backstory. So when I saw him pop up in comic books, I was reading. Yeah. He already had the established. It was the assumed you already know who this person is when he came in. I was like, who the fuck is this magic dipshit? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like him for a long time. And then eventually yeah. I read more of his stuff and I understood yeah. why he was cool. Right. Uh, but at first it was so dumb to me. So I knew I understood the rationale and reasoning. And that to me is all-timer and it's an origin story like i love that movie and it's got so many different cool action sequences in it but that one is we we already have the portal ideas and then you're starting to get in uh, you know uh, your hands on or your a handle on the dark energy type of dormammu right. thing that's coming later on yeah but the mads mickelson i love mads mickelson who doesn't yeah he's so good as uh Cassilius? Cassilius, something like that i yeah. can't remember the name but yeah even if the movie sucks, I always like Mads Mikkelsen or whatever. <laughs> he just has a look where he yeah. can play good or he can play evil. And that's really impressive that yeah. you have that kind of charm. He's in uh, a great Western, um, Salvation. Uh, it's, it was on Netflix for a long time. Pretty awesome Western with him as a guy who's come over to the States with his wife. And his wife gets raped and he goes and uh, gets revenge. It's pretty powerful shit, man. But he's great. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. It's basically, you know, uh, Urso had Urso not died. He gets oh, revenge for yeah, Krennic destroying his family. Right, right. Oh, Galen uh, Urso. He's so good as Galen Urso. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I couldn't remember his first name. I just knew it was Urso. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love me some Mads Mikkelsen. I just <laughs> knew it was going to be fighting Inception style. Yeah. It's like, how are you going to do this? And what does this mean? You know what I mean? In Inception, it's in a dream, so you can do whatever you want. Right, exactly. Is there real-world ramifications, but they do it in this training mirror world. And you're like, oh, so the world around them doesn't even know this shit's going on. This is even better. Now you can do (laughs) whatever you want. That's great. Uh, You know, bringing mysticism, but trying to keep it in the realm of physics type of things. Like, what a perfect marriage and hybrid uh-huh. Yeah, there was there was a piece of me that thought about doing the um, <sighs> the sequence where she's trying to bring him back to life and they're fighting on the astral plane, but okay. the the moving around it, it's just such a great fucking scene, man. You can't deny oh. that. Yeah. yeah, well, him fighting earlier when he's in his astral body trying to talk, um, what's her name, uh, McAdams? Yeah, how to do the surgery and all that, and then he's got to fight the dude because uh, their bodies are back yeah. at the New York crib. Yeah. But in an astral plane, they're at the hospital. But it works. You say all this yeah. ridiculous oh. crap, and it works. Absolutely. Absolutely uh, works. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for the next one. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Me too. And uh, we'll see if Ra- I hope Ramey doesn't mess it up. I hope Ramey coming in as an older guy. And look, look, I was watching Quick and the Dead in the other day. In the other day, I'm not a big Ramey guy. I'm not. Me, and I know. Me. 
I know people who are. I know people who are, and I, I, I totally respect that. It's just, I think he makes a comical joke out of everything, and it bothers the shit out of me. And Quick of the Dead could have been a fucking great Western. But in his hands, it becomes cheesy with all the Dutch angles and the comical nature of it all. And it doesn't allow you to really savor this story that could have been great, you know. And so uh, that worries me. As he's older, uh, it worries me that he might rely on all those tricks. When dark, like Dark Man is funny, dark, and it's still it works like hardcore. Yeah, yeah. It's still, it works. So and some of and of course Army of Darkness. People love Army of Darkness. I love Evil Dead too. Uh, yeah, you know, those are great stuff, but I don't know what he's going to bring to this. And I, I, I hope he knocks it out of the park. Cause I like this. I like the first movie, just like you, man. And so, you know, yeah, I hated I seeing Scott faith. Derrickson go, Oh, sad to say, I don't have faith. Yeah. See, yeah. You're in the same boat as I am. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hear you though. Strange's comedy is different than the comedy that he has succeeded at in the past. Yes. Yes. So if he turns strange more- into Stark, it's not going to fucking work. Yeah, you're going to try if you turn strange into Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Right. Doesn't really work. You could turn Tony Stark into Bruce Campbell and vice sure. versa. Sure. It's closer to the spectrum. Yes. Um but anyway. Yeah. Um okay, so my number 2 is the Infinity War sequence in Wakanda. Okay. That's the one, man. With that's just so great cuz when Thor shows up with that with Stormbreaker and uh, Groot on his shoulder, and uh, I mean, sorry, Rocket on his shoulder and Groot. That's an awesome sequence. Just the entire sequence in Wakanda and the fight and the battle with Bucky and Cap and uh, everybody, and obviously Black Panther and uh, Denai Greer. I always forget her. I, was, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. Okoye. I think it's Okoye. Okoye's. I think you're right. All of that and Mbaku, all the people that are there to fight off, and then you get the whole uh, dark order with Proxima midnight and all those uh, members of that dark order for Thanos and there's massive, massive machines coming down. So all of it is just great. And then Thor pops up and the whole sequence between them and talking about the beard and everything. And of course, uh, so the only beats that kind of don't work for me are the, are the, uh, the Hulk in the Hulk buster beats. He's like, Oh, you guys are so screwed now. I just, it seems weird to me, but everything else I enjoy as a sequence is pacing and increasing of the tension and the drama uh, until they get to that point with Thanos and, and what happens there. But overall, yep. just a great sequence, man. It's one I come back to to watch all the time. Um, it picks up for me once they come to the realization that the force field, they can't be surrounded. So they need to open up a gap. So yeah. That way they have just one front to fight on. As yeah. opposed to all fronts, because eventually this force field is going to fail. Yeah, and that that you know battlefield tactic—it's true in this yeah. instance. I understand it's smart. You need to open up, and once the floodgates and they start rolling out all these cool, stupid-looking, ridiculously massive, convoluted machines, yeah. those big wheel things—they're that are just churning up the yeah. battlefield. That's insane. Yeah. Why would you ever make that? You know what I mean? <laughs> Why? It doesn't make any sense. It's like World War One technology, what they thought trench warfare, like if you were to take a steampunky Victorian <laughs> view, knowing what that war is going to be like, that's the machine you build. <laughs> but it it is awesome. It is. Watch. Yeah, it's awesome. It spectacle. Yeah, it is just all this. And like uh, when they have the 
we know something we may get to later on. They yeah, have yeah. the all female team up in another one. Yeah, yeah. Felt forced, whereas in this one feels genuine. Like when yeah. Scarlet Witch shows up and Akoya is like, "Why was she in the back?" Like great line, <laughs> so true, so true. Right. If you want to protect him, we need you on the front lines. Exactly. <laughs> Just like uh, you know Poe and, and uh, Finn's objection to to Daisy Ridley, uh, uh, blanking on her name, but yeah, we need Ray, you, Ray. Yeah, Ray. Thank yeah. you. We need you out here. You're the best of us, and they're right. If we're going to be out doing this crap, be best if we had our you know greatest soldier with us. Yeah. Um, bring me the large steel clone, the steel cones, and bring me the large <laughs> wheel thingies. Bring it. Yeah, send it out. It's long shanks. Like, yeah, it's long shanks. Sire, we'll hit our own tro- troops. Yes, but we'll hit some of theirs. <laughs> like, I don't care. Right. True. Um, Truth. Yeah, it is. Uh, trust me, it was close. But I just love the intimacy of the other fight. They almost have it, but mm-hmm. the the storylines of who these individuals are is what actually, you know makes it catastrophically fail, as opposed to just sheer volume of power yeah, on the other one. Um, absolutely. Uh, so then, our number one, I guess, sounds like our number one is the same. To the, uh... to regulators mount up. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when I mean. I don't know how far back you want to go. Are we going to go back into when it was the three of them fighting Thanos or when that's it becomes- the one that okay. in, into the end, that into the end of, yeah. it doesn't even have to go to the end of the fight. For me, it's like, it, it's that sequence when they're walking out, when he says to him, you know, this is a trap, right? And he says, I don't really much care. Good. As long as we're all on the same page. And then they just start walking towards Thanos and what Thanos says to them, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you, you, it brought your failure has brought you back to me. And then that whole sequence when they're fighting and then Cap getting the hammer, everything about that is incredible. And each one gets their fight, solo fight with him uh, and then duo fight with him and then trio fight with him uh, until uh, everything kind of looks like it's it's over. And he calls on everyone to show up. And then Cap is standing there and tightens the the shield, the broken shield and he's ready to go. Oh, man. Beautiful cinematography where he is yeah. a single ray of light coming down, casting on him, mm. and Thanos's army is rolling in from the shadows. Yeah. Just beautiful cinematography from the Russo brothers and a staged shot that encapsulates just one man's defiance and belief and standing up to impending tsunami like wave from the impossible type of thing. Just yeah. like, you know what? Yeah. Even if I die, I will die in in, you know, in the cause that I believe in. And the just and right thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love when Thor sees that Cap gets the hammer, just the, yeah. the emotion of the, yes, <laughs> that is awesome. You know, just, he's so bro in that moment. Yeah. Oh, I knew it. Really, exactly. He's just like, <laughs> yes. As if there's another one to, to see that, you know, further validating my views on Winter Soldier. Yes. He as a more yeah as a man can, can wield Mjolnir. Yeah. Uh but yeah, the whole build up that scene, but it, you know, Avengers assemble the little portals coming in behind him, yeah. and then Cap or Falcon is like Cap, I'm on your six, and you're like, What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, on your left, on your left. Yeah. Oh man. So good. So good. And then it they is. all show up. Yeah, and the, look, the fight sequence is great. Of course, the fight sequence is fantastic, and all the different things that happen within it is fun. But it's up and it's for me, it's that moment, them walking in the fight that happens, and then 
all the way up to that moment where they all show up through the through the portals. Man, that was fan. It's fantastic. Um, and uh, yeah, absolutely, just one of the best. Fuck, um, man, I love that ending battle sequence. Let's watch it over and over again all the time. Dude. But it's that yeah, the three person against Thanos into yeah. Cap by himself. Yeah, I love the fight afterwards, but that to me is the the high water mark of that movie. Just thoroughly agree. Thoroughly agree. Afterwards, that one year anniversary, here's where we all were a year ago, like two months ago, when yeah. people were sharing that video and you could hear the crowd. Oh, all yeah. of them. The theater I saw it in, you saw it in. Oh, it didn't yeah. matter if it was a press screening or a nope. first fan viewing. <laughs> nope. Everybody was like, this is all. <laughs> you knew they were coming back. You flat yeah. out knew they were coming back. Yeah. So, to and it exceed, still worked. Yeah. To exceed the expectations yeah. is. All the more impressive. Thoroughly agree. Thoroughly agree. Twenty some odd movies, and you you did it. Congratulations. All right, so let's put this effing thing together. So at least we got one. We got a couple. We had a few in common. So yeah, we had a few in common. We'll see how I break this thing down. All right, so in game at one. Yeah. Uh, Strange was what two ten. Yeah, I have been. I have an Infinity War at two, but it's a different Infinity War, so I don't know how we're going to do that. Uh, but the yeah, the airport battle airport scene was four fight. for me. Yeah, I think that goes next then. Okay, that's my five. Okay. Um, we both have Battle of New York City at six. Yes. Well, I don't. Yeah, we have that or my number two, which is your ten. To me, that beats two sixes. Because yeah, I'm fine with that because that's such an awesome sequence. I got no problem with that. All right, so you want to do that, Avengers, and then your number two, your Infinity War? Yeah, sure. That works. Works for me. Um, all right, I'm trying to cup it. Ah, you motherfucker. Right. And then we're at what, five? That was our five? Now at five with uh, infinity. All right, so we're jumping in at six. Correct. Okay. Uh, my next one is uh, Thor Ragnarok at three. The the final sequence. Um, you have the final, and then I have the opening. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do about this? Because then I have my number three as well. So we have two Thors. Okay. So well, we could. One. I'm fine with that because we have two Thors. I think that beats. Okay. Um, the final there, Guardian okay. scene. Okay. But your next ties because I don't think we have anything else in common. Uh, the airport battle scene we already did. The Iron Man three fight with all the suits is my number five. That's my next highest. Uh, okay. My next highest is the Infinity with Thanos. The fight singularly with him. What number is that? My four. Okay, yeah. It goes there then, if it's higher. Uh, I'm sorry, what was yours again? Uh, the Iron Man 3 fight scene with all the suits at the end. So the, the, the end battle. Iron Man 3 end battle. And what's your next highest? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. The opening is my number seven. All right, I have my seven, which is another that Thor Ragnarok opening scene. Ooh, all right. I let you make the decision. 
Uh, I'll it's, flip it's, a coin. It's two things you love, that Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I know. I know. I thought about bumping off my decide. Winter Soldier to put that on there. All right. Let's uh, Ragnarok opening. Oh boy, that weighted house of yours. It's a weighted, it's no longer a coin. It's a weighted house. Give right. me another coin. <laughs> or, it, it, you know, I'm sure you got a quarter in there somewhere, your own quarter. But either way, let's do it. I like so, it. All right. Yeah, but now uh, you're asking for the wrath of our head of security, Matt Hasso, because he's the one that sent us that. So well, I'll, I'll super kick him. Hasso, I'll, right. I'll narrow it down for you. He lives in Los Angeles. Good luck. Yeah, come find me, Matt. I'm going to drive to Houston. All right, the top uh, the top ten MCU action sequences, yeah. At number ten, Thor Ragnarok, the opening scene. At number eight, Iron Man three, the final Oops. battle with the suits. Sorry about that. That was number nine. I apologize. Yeah. At number eight, uh, Infinity War, the battle with Thanos. At number seven, Guardians of the Galaxy, the prison scene. At number six. Thor Ragnarok, the final hella battle. At number five. Infinity War, the Battle of Wakanda. That's a lot of battles. <laughs> At number four. Uh, Avengers, the war on the shore in New York City. <laughs> At number three. Doctor Strange, mirrored dimension inception fight. At number two. Captain America, Civil War. Uh, fight at the airport. And our number one uh, Marvel Cinematic user, Marvel Cinematic Universe action sequence is Avengers Endgame, the final frontier. Yeah. All your failure brought you back to me. Uh, boom. Easy peasy. Great stuff. Great stuff. A lot of well, fun. Count those yeah. down. Even more uh, choices out there. We'd love to hear your list. Let us know over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the top 10 uh, show um, all spelled out and or online at top 10 show with the number 10. Uh, hit us up at either of those two. I'd love to see your guys lists. And uh, we get tagged in those with a master post each week. And we hope you've been enjoying the golden ticket that's coming out every Monday. It's our little game show for uh, our patrons where yeah. they're fighting it out. And eventually the winner of that gets to be a guest on the show and they also get to choose the topic. And it's been uh, fun for us to film so far and, and yeah, record it's been a blast. Yeah. yeah. Looking forward to the next round and uh, you know, emails will be coming uh, potential or competitors in the upcoming, but uh, yeah. Um, you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost uh, check out dropping dimes. Uh, you can find that anywhere you find podcasts. Well, if you want to hear more NBA talk and that is it for me. Uh, yeah, and you can uh, follow. You can uh, you know be a part of the Patreon and maybe participate in the next round of the Golden Ticket after we crown a winner and put them on the show. We'll do another round of this, possibly a second season of the Golden Ticket. And to be considered for it, go to the Patreon, sign up there at Patreon.com/slash/the top ten, uh, the number ten there, and see the multiple tiers and see the tiers that you'd have to be on to qualify to compete. And those of you who enjoyed the first episode. The, the second, third, fourth episode, we've got three competitors for each one of those. So it's going to be a, even more of a barn burner, knockdown, drag out, fun, fun competition. And can't thank all the patrons enough who participated in it so far and who will be participating in it as well. They all said they had a great time, whether they won or lost. So it was yes. a lot of fun to do that with them. And thanks to everybody involved in it uh, yeah. behind the yeah. scenes as well, right? The questions and what have you. 
Um, yeah, you can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram. Please swing on over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roca says. Don't forget about the cinephiles as well as a podcast and the geek buddies, but also remember that we have a YouTube uh, channel as well. If you're listening to us in the podcast format, maybe you'd like to watch our pretty faces talking about movies. Come on over to YouTube as well. I think it's uh, top, the top 10 podcast, I think is what Matt put it under. YouTube.com slash the top 10 podcast. Go and find and subscribe to us there. Uh, and hopefully we'll see you over there leaving comments and leaving likes on all the uh, YouTube videos. All right. Thanks, everybody. That's it for us, Matt. Any last words? Nope. <laughs> okay. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you next time on the Top 10 Show.